0: Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to a new episode of unscripted the cardiac hill podcast. I'm your host Corey Cohen in this episode we are going to be talking about pit basketball all pit basketball tis the season it's January this is when basketball season college basketball season really gets going because up until now still one foot in with college football. Pitt, of course, was playing until the end of December. Then you've got the College Football National Championship. Now is when all attention is paid at this level to basketball. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Uh, And specifically, we'll be talking about last week how Pitt men's basketball fared in their two games. So starting the week, they played sixth-ranked Louisville, and they lost. The Panthers did lose in overtime, 73 to 68, but that was one hell of an effort. They First of all, they probably should have won or at least taken it into second overtime because there was an atrocious call from the refs late game that pretty much everyone acknowledges. And I don't, I'm not in the group that anytime something happens with a ref, a bad call, that you say it's a conspiracy, the refs hate Pitt because Pitt's a northern school, or I, I don't buy into it. I don't really care either way. All that I care about is the result. And so, whatever the reason is, that this seems to keep happening, it's a problem. It's a problem that, that pit that the game was taken out of their hands essentially. And so and because of that they couldn't take it into double overtime. And so again, I whatever the reason is doesn't really concern me. I'm not the the guy who's gonna bust this case open like Watergate. All I know is that this happened to Pitt in this game. It's happened to Pitt in a handful of other games and it's a problem. So we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm sure Jeff Capel and Heather Like and they all went through the proper channels to voice their displeasure without getting fined. But it certainly is a problem. And we'll see moving forward. Of course, Pitt shouldn't have let that game get to that point. They should have won it in regulation. But that's that's going to be a learning use for the Panthers. That That's going to be a learning experience. When you're a young team, you've got a second-year head coach, All pretty much all your players are first- and second-year guys, you don't know what where you're lacking yet. You don't know what you still need to improve on, necessarily, until you see it in a game. There are so many things that you can practice with, practice on, but until it comes up in a game, you really don't know if that is something that is a weakness. that's an Achilles heel. And for the Panthers, closing out late appeared to be that. Because a lot of things you practice, and it just can't replicate the real thing. Really, the the only thing you can practice that's going to be basically the same out there is free throws. Other than that, no matter how many times you practice it, in the heat of a game, things are going to be different. And closing out games is a big part of that. And Pitt's going to take this, you hope, and learn from it. And use it to grow. Because they really should have closed that game out in regulation. They didn't and moving forward you would think that Jeff Capel would take that as an opportunity to hammer that home to to show that this is something where the Panthers need to grow and that they're going to do it. And so there's the silver lining out of it. Of course, you know, it, it it's it's tough to win or excuse me, it's tough to lose, especially a game where you were so close to winning, but they can take this opportunity and grow and In the broader scheme of things, because in a year where Pitt's not going to make the NCAA tournament, if we're being realistic, what you're really looking for is not an individual win or an individual loss, but really how the team plays. And a lot of times coaches will say that, and it sounds like coach speak, but that's really what they're looking for. They want teams to get better game in, game out. And if that happens, then the wins will come from there. But they really do want to see, especially in a program that's rebuilding, They want to see these platitudes of development. And for Pitt, you can certainly see that. This is the sixth-ranked team in the nation in Louisville. And Pitt took them nearly into double overtime. That was one hell of a fight. That was great effort. And Pitt should be proud of how they played. I get it. A loss is tough, especially how it happened. The call at the end, completely understandable. But Pitt played well against one of the top teams in the country. And that's something that they can hang their hat on moving forward. So we'll see what they take away from it and and what they work on in practice, but a really stand-up job by Pitt in the game against Louisville. And then they had to turn around just a couple days later and play North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, they were without their best player, without Cole Anthony, but this team really should be better. And Roy Williams, this is going to be a black mark on his record. Now, I've always thought that he's a bit overrated as a coach because I think North Carolina recruits itself and when you've got those recruits, the players kind of coach themselves. And I haven't been terribly impressed by him, even though he's won a national championship. But this is, you know, this is a bad year. And in in my opinion, it's sort of proving what I originally thought about Roy Williams before this season. But that's what's happened. I mean, yeah, they're missing their best player, but they still have so much talent on that team. They've got way more talent than Pitt has. And Pitt has now beaten the Tar Heels twice. And for North Carolina, this is just a flat out bad season for them. And, and and worse than it should be by far, because even with missing your best player, you are still stacked with talent. There is no excuse for being this bad. And yet they are. I mean they're not awful, but they're they're not what North Carolina is or should be. And because of that, credit to Pitt, they saw the opening. They saw it both a couple weeks ago down at Chapel Hill, and they saw it in Oakland at the Peterson Event Center. They saw the opportunity, UNC playing without their best player. They look completely lost. It does not look like the Tar Heels that everyone has come to expect. And Pitt, this time, dominated them. They beat UNC for the second time this season. Neither game was particularly close, but especially this game. I mean, it got a little bit close late, kind of, sort of. I think that was mostly just fears of, oh, it's pitting all over again. They're going to let a game slip away like Louisville. But it still wasn't that close. The final score was 66-52. It, it, I think the closest they got was maybe an eight-point differential in the second half down the stretch. But really, Pitt was able to take care of business. It never got close. I think they were up by 20 at the half. This was a huge game for Pitt, even without the best player. Beating North Carolina not once but twice, that is huge. This is the program of Dean Smith and Michael Jordan at national championships. To go and beat UNC twice in a year is gigantic. And it really shows that this is a program that is headed in the right direction. You take Louisville and you've got them on the ropes. You crush North Carolina, second win of the season over the Tar Heels. This is a program that is headed in the right direction. We'll see what comes of it. We'll see moving forward. We'll see where they end up this year. And of course, we'll be talking about that on the podcast as the season goes on. But they're in a really good spot. They are are in a very... They're on a very good trajectory, I should say. Now, of course, things could change, but as of now, I'd say, yeah, Jeff Capel, you can you can put your chips all in on him. It, it seems like he's got this program headed in a great direction, and that they're they're on the right path. Now, talking about the players, because that's sort of been uh, a big curiosity this year is is trying to figure out what this team is, and what they who's who's going to be the the leaders, and, and who's going to step up and all that. Well, for much of this year. Xavier Johnson has been underwhelming. He was the best player on the team last year. He was, got a lot of buzz, hype entering this year. Maybe he'll have a breakout season, go to the NBA, who knows. And he's had a bad year. He, a lot of games he has just disappeared. So it was a relief for him, I'm sure, and for Pitt fans that he had a much-needed breakout game against North Carolina. 20 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. That is the Xavier Johnson you want to see. You might not need to get the 6 rebounds, maybe not even 20 points, maybe 14 or 15. But that is the kind of performance that you want to see from Xavier Johnson consistently. That's what I think most of us thought was going to happen this year with Xavier Johnson, that he would be a guy who steps up big and can put the team on his back and, and carry the load and, and dominate another team. And he did it against North Carolina. And for Xavier Johnson, it was it was badly needed. But if you're a fan, you hope that that then instills confidence, that he plays that way and recognizes what he did to, to get those results and realize that, yeah, he can do it again that whatever he did going into that game on Saturday, he can do that again. And he can do that consistently. Because if Pitt is going to want to maybe make the NIT this year, if they're going to want to have a big breakout next year, maybe make a run at the NCAA tournament, they're going to need Xavier Johnson to be a big-time player. And he had not been for much of this season. But he showed up on Saturday, and it was huge. If he keeps playing like that, As North Carolina Tar Heel Michael Jordan once said, the ceiling is the roof. Meanwhile, in the other game, you had Trey McGowan's carry the load against Louisville. 24 points against the Cardinals. And again, coming into the season, these were the two guys that I think everyone looked at as those are going to be the two leaders. And it has been a little bit underwhelming for Xavier Johnson for a little bit for Trey McGowan's for a point, but he's been on a tear lately, especially. And between the two, what this week sort of showed is that you can win a game with just one of them being amazing. Now, ideally, if you're pit, you want to have both of them being amazing, or at least both being very good, but you can sort of have it balanced out and staggered where Trey McGowan has a good game this time, and then Xavier Johnson has a big game the next time, and you know, each, if if one of them is going to go off for 20 plus points in a game, you're going to have a good shot to win that game, and so if one of them's having a bad night, the other one can take a big step up, that's huge for Pitt. On top of that, you're starting to see, it's becoming more and more clear what you're getting from the other players. I mentioned I think it was the last episode of this pod, you're going to need McGowan's and Johnson if you're going to succeed at a high level. It seems like they're coming around. So the question is, how do? You, what are you going to surround them with? And so far, you've got Justin Champagny, who's playing really well for a freshman. Seems like he can be a great player. He can shoot it from outside. He's a slasher. He seems like the best freshman on this, uh, on this team. You've got Ryan Murphy, who, again, had a huge game against North Carolina. Other games he'll be in a slump, but that's a guy who can hit a big 3 and and certainly a good uh weapon to have out there. Ardis Tony, sort of an up and down player, a bit streaky, but when he's on, he's on. And you need him when he is on, that can get you a win because when he he can turn it on, he can be really good. Eric Hamilton as uh as a grad transfer uh from UNCG as a big, he He is what Pitt needs because the next guy I'm talking about, Terrell Brown, has not been as good, and that's been a problem. And so Eric Hamilton coming in was huge for Pitt. That was a big-time get because Terrell Brown just doesn't seem to have it this year. Um, in, In terms of the other guys, you're really not sure yet about what to expect from them. And so... It's been Eric Hamilton down down in the post, and if he can take a bit of a step up, that'd be huge for Pitt, but certainly just having him and not having to rely solely on uh, Terrell Brown is huge. In terms of the other guys, we've really been seeing about a seven-man rotation. Uh, we might see Gerald Drumgoole come in some more. We might see a couple other guys, but for the most part, it's been seven. I think they'll probably get it up to eight. I think Drumgoole, if he's fully healthy, will, will play more, but that seems to be what this team is, and we'll keep on looking at it moving forward because the exciting thing about a rebuild is you can not just see the team this year, but you can sort of imagine them moving forward. And you can sort of plug and play with these different players and how they're gonna fit together. And so you can see, oh yeah, Xavier Johnson at the point, Trey McGowan's at the shooting guard, and then where does where does Ryan Murphy go? Justin Champagny, where where's he fit best? Eric Hamilton, you've only of course got him for this year. But really for this whole team you're looking at it more than just one game at a time. You're looking at it over a broad scope. And that's sort of the fun thing. That's that's what teams do, uh, fans do of teams that are not in a good spot. If you're in the NBA, if you're tanking and drafting and, you know, college, if you're rebuilding, new coach, that's sort of the fun part of it. But there certainly is that promise that wasn't really there for Kevin Stallings. The Kevin Stallings administration was just sort of the last gasp of the previous set of players, and so then once they went, there weren't really players to get excited about. Now there are players to get excited about, and so then you just see if they can do it consistently and, and where they fit best, and then you try to go from there. In terms of where Pitt goes from here, uh, you're talking about uh, the next week coming up, Boston College on Wednesday at home. That's a big game. The uh, the Eagles have lost two in a row. They're also three and four in the conference, just like Pitt is. That is a a certainly a winnable game for the Panthers. And when you combine all that, the Boston College has not looked good lately, that they've got the same conference record, they've got a slightly worse overall record, and the Pitts playing in front of the Oakland Zoo, that should be a win. Pitts should get that win. and so we'll see what happens, but it's going to be a big game on Wednesday night looking forward to that. And then an even tougher game and, and maybe even a bigger game at Syracuse on Saturday. Now most Syracuse teams, you'd say, okay, Pitt in this sort of rebuilding thing wouldn't have a chance. But Syracuse is not great this year. They're 4-3 and in the ACC. They are a bit better than Pitt. They just crushed Boston College last week. so that And it's at the Carrier Dome. So it's certainly going to be tougher, no doubt about it. But that'll be an interesting test. I think Pitt, with this week, you've got Boston College. If you want to be the program that people are expecting and that maybe you're expecting of yourself, that becomes a must-win. And then Syracuse is sort of a toss-up. If you win it, it's huge. If you lose it, okay, it's understandable. But still a big week to see what's going to happen. I think you've got to beat Boston College, and Syracuse will see. If you go, if you leave this week 0-2, it'll be a disappointment. It'll look like maybe a bit more realistic of what Pitt was going to be this year, but it would be a disappointment. If they get one win, okay, if they get two wins, than, you know, Bill Jeff Cable a statue at that point. But both games are certainly winnable, and they'll both be watchable uh, because Boston College 3-4, four, Syracuse 4-3, four and, and, of course, Pitt and Syracuse always play close. Boston College is at home. Both winnable games should be good for the Panthers. Uh, so before we wrap up, want to mention a Panther of the Week, and this gives me an excuse to talk about Victory Heights because this was the really what's seems to be the defining legacy for Heather like the athletic director. And she's only a couple years into uh, her term as AD. But for most athletic directors, they don't dream this big. They don't have a big sort of legacy marker. They might hire a couple coaches. And maybe one coach goes on to do some big things. Maybe they renovate a building. But in this case, Heather like had this vision, and this seems like it's going to dramatically change pit athletics, maybe not football, and maybe not even men's basketball, but for the Olympic sports, and you're talking about the previous AD, who a lot of people don't like, understandably, but there was a great quote that I think stuck with a lot of people, which is excellence isn't selective. And with pit athletics, excellence should not be selective. Yeah, you want to be great in football. Yeah, you want to be great in men's basketball, but you really want to be great across the board. You want to have a great volleyball program. You want to have great men's and women's soccer teams. You want to be great at wrestling. You want to be great with track and field. All this stuff you want to be great with, and that's tough to do with some of the facilities that Pitt has. And so Heather Light proposed this thing, Victory Heights, that's going to be basically merge between the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse and Trees Hall, and you're going to sort of take the two together and have this one really outstanding building which is going to house volleyball, all their games are going to be there, all their matches are going to be there in a great facility as opposed to Fitzgerald Fieldhouse which is old and doesn't have AC and you know all that. Wrestling is going to be there. There's going to have a track for track and field, so that's going to be helpful. Then of course you're going uh to have a band room which is huge. I was in the pit band and as of now I so I can't speak to volleyball and wrestling and all. I've heard where they work out is you know, pretty run down, pit band doesn't work out, but in the, in the band room, I can attest to that room being run down, basically, we were just in a basement, it was just a big room, uh, like a warehouse kind of room, just in a basement, certainly no place to rehearse, you, there were no chairs, it was literally just sort of a warehouse to stash your instruments and your uniforms, and that's about it, um, it, it was not a place to be able to rehearse, to be able to do all that had to be done outside on the field. And now Pitt's going to have that. They're going to have a room to rehearse for the band to where they could actually sit down and, and practice the music and look at the marching instruction and see all that. Um, they're, they're really doing a lot for pit band, which personally I appreciate. Um, and I know just for all student athletes there, this is going to be a spot where they can go, where they can spend time, where they can exercise, things like that. It's, it's going to be huge. And so Heather, like Panther of the week, because that is a big step up for Pitt. and, and Dan Fisher said with volleyball, imagine what they did now. Under At the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse and with their current facilities, now imagine what they're going to be able to do with state-of-the-art facilities. That's going to be huge, and so it's nice to see Pitt really take a step uh, into the 21st century with some of the Olympic sports, and major credit to Heather Like for doing it. So that is all for this episode of Unscripted. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening. Again, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, please rate and review us. That's helpful. And uh, you can listen to us there. You can listen to us on CardiacHill.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E, C-O-H-E-N. And uh, I'll be back next week to talk about more pit basketball. Until then, I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.